TCU has their spring game on Friday night. What do you want to see? Does any of it matter? We'll talk about it all next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Also find us wherever it is you get your podcast in its audio form. Uh, it's easy spring game on Friday. Unfortunately, I will not be there. I want to be there in person, but I have a big uh, 8U baseball game that I'll be a part of watching my son play. I'm coaching him up a little bit, so I won't be able to make it out to the game, but we'll be watching that on ESPN+. Plus. You know, spring games are always intriguing. It's it's a big deal for the fans because, hey, it's the one chance we really get to see the team, um, you know, in kind of an open situation, a scrimmage situation. They've had a few open practices this year. It hasn't been as open as it was last spring. Um, but nonetheless, obviously, they're going to water things down. They're not going to show you anything and everything. But what are some things you want to see from the TCU spring game um, on Friday? I'd love to hear from you here. I'm locked on Horn Frogs on the YouTube channel or at Simcox Steven on Twitter. You know, the first thing for me is like, I just want to see Chandler Morris, see how healthy he looks, what, you know, the timing looks like, the anticipation on his throws. Is he making things happen out there um, against the defense? I'm excited to see the defense uh, in year two under Joe Gillespie. I hope they're moving fast. I hope that things are crisp. I think it'll be a unit that should understand. Um, what they're doing. I don't know who they're going to hold out. You know, it's always sort of a, a toss-up as far as is somebody going to be rested or is someone who hasn't practiced most of the spring, will they be sitting out because of a nagging injury, that type of thing. Uh, but JoJo Earls, another guy I'm going to keep my eye on. He's had a big-time spring, the transfer from Alabama in the slot. You know, I, from a personnel standpoint, what I'm really looking for is what does that offensive line look like? I know they're going to shuffle guys in and out, but who's running – with the ones is Garrett Hayes in there at that guard position. Where's Bullis Patrick? Is he playing in the interior? Is John Lands um, going to be at the center spot taking most of those snaps? Who's your backup center? Those are the types of things I want to see. How are they doing against a defensive line that I would say at the moment is kind of depleted just because of the lack of people that are there? You know, they'll have some reinforcements hopefully coming in um, and after spring camp wraps up through the transfer portal. And also Josh Hoover. You know, there's a, a ton of concern going into spring ball about do you have enough quarterbacks on the roster? Do you have somebody behind Chandler Morris? It sounds like Josh, given what he did at Rockwall, he's playing for Mike Spradlin and kind of understanding that Bryles offense to a certain extent. That's helped him as he's gotten reps and as he's gotten some opportunities um, during spring camp, but does he look sharp? Does he look like he knows what he's doing? Uh, these outside wide receivers, whether it's Savion Williams or Jordan Hudson, who's kind of stepping up in that role and the big gap that Quentin Johnston left over. I think Jared Wiley's going to have a big year. I don't know how much he'll play on Friday night or how many targets he'll get, but I just feel like the middle of the field is going to be used a lot with Chandler Morris and throwing the ball to Jared Wiley, guys like JoJo Earl, John Paul Richardson, Major Everhart, Jack Besh. Uh, there's a, a ton of different players that he can target 
um, on some of those crossing routes, some of those mesh routes. And so what do those concepts look like in practice in a game situation um, against a defense that has a pretty good understanding of what they're trying to do? And then, as I said earlier, I think the, the play calling is going to be pretty vanilla. They're not going to try to show a lot. The game is going to be televised. Um, and I would expect if you're watching the game on TV, this is going to be a frustrating part of it. This is kind of how spring games go. They're probably going to do some interviews during the game. They're probably going to cut back and forth between some different um, shots and opportunities. So I, I wouldn't necessarily expect to just have a camera on the field for an hour. I know that's what everybody wants, but they're going to kind of move it around and, and keep things interesting. One, because they just don't want to put a ton of stuff on film, but also just because that's how spring broadcasts usually go. But we will get to see some of it. And uh, what is Kendall Bryle showing? Like, what are some of the concepts that he's running out there? Is the offense running tempo? Are they going to be allowed to really get in the game-like situation where they're getting first downs, they're immediately getting up to line of scrimmage, trying to move the chains, trying to put that defense on their heels? Um, that's going to be a fascinating part of this to me because – we're not going to get the full picture until the first few weeks of the season, but this is a different, it's, it's still an air raid scheme. It's still, you know, a lot of what Sunny Dykes wants to do, but it's going to be a slightly different scenario than what they were running with, uh, with Garrett Riley. And I've mentioned the offense a lot, but honestly, like, I don't have a ton of concern about the defense. I mean, the defensive line is going to be the key. Um, and maybe I'll be wrong about that, but I really am optimistic about year two under Joe Gillespie, the way the defense seemed to get better, aside from that Georgia game, week after week and make plays. Um, I think this is a unit that's going to play faster. They have a lot of returners. They have some guys like Avery Helm coming in that um, I feel like are going to elevate this defense in a big way. And so I'm excited to see the secondary. I just honestly don't know. I know Josh Newton's been kind of sitting out most of spring camp, so I doubt he'll play. I don't know how many reps they'll give to uh, guys like Avery Helm and Channing Canada. Uh, I imagine they're going to cycle some of those new guys in as well. So should be fun. Friday night under the lights, 7 o'clock, TCU spring game. And we're coming to the end of spring camp, which is crazy, which means we'll have a couple months of, you know, portal talk, like if they add anybody else. Um, and then we'll be rolling right into the fall where we get ready for that first game against Deion Sanders in Colorado. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what Sonny Dyke's team looks like in year two. Um, that's going to be a fun group, and I'm, I'm stoked to, to see what happens moving forward. Uh, before we go to break, yesterday I was talking about NFL draft prospects from TCU. I kind of broke down each guy in their scouting report, and I asked a question to the audience. I said, hey, who do you think is going to have the best NFL career and had a couple of responses um, so Zoom plays a good coverage, bro. Duggan and Steve will have a long career. Uh, yeah, I agree with Steve for sure. You know, I, I think Max is going to come down to where what his fit is, like where he ends up. Uh, but I definitely, you know, see where you're going with that. And um, I, I think if he ends up in a place where he can uh, have an opportunity to be patient and kind of learn and not have to take, you know, uh, take the reins immediately, then Max could have a really long career as a backup quarterback or even potentially maybe one day as a starter given, you know, the way he can grow and develop and just all the intangibles he brings to the table. Uh, Tanner McKinney says, I think it'll be Kendra or QJ depending on the teams that get them. Yeah, it's always, you know, huge deals always who drafts you. 
Um, I think Quentin Johnson is the complete package. And I feel like if he's completely healthy and ready to rock, then we're going to see some dimensions of his game, um, especially, you know, kind of that explosiveness and getting yards after the catch that we didn't see late last season because of that ankle injury. And Andre Miller, um, I feel like he's got a high ceiling. You know, I said this yesterday, like he hasn't been playing running back exclusively for that long of his life. You know, it's only been the last few years here in college because he played so many different positions at Mount Enterprise in high school. So I still think there's a lot of nuances of that position that he can learn and develop. Um, and he's already a really good back, obviously. So I uh, like those answers. Appreciate you guys chiming in on YouTube. You can always do that in the comment section or hit me up on Twitter at Simcox Steven. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about TC basketball. They added another uh, transfer portal player yesterday. So we'll discuss that. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is where the game starts. It is the official betting partner of the NBA, also Major League Baseball in full swing. Rangers won last night on a walk-off home run. They play the Royals again tonight. If you want to get in on betting on the money line or some of those prop bets, you can go to uh, the FanDuel app or go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Um, the app is safe and secure. It's easy to navigate, so you don't, you're not going to feel like overwhelmed by getting in there and seeing what they have to offer. And they have a no sweat first bet deal going on right now on their website um, that allows you to put as little as $5 down and you can get up, up to $1,000 in bonus bets. FanDuel, if you've been sitting there and you're like, man, I know sports. I know who's going to win these games. I'm really good at predicting these things. Why don't you try, try to start making some money on FanDuel? FanDuel, again, official betting partner of the NBA and proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Okay, so TC Basketball, they have been active lately, um, trying to add some talent to this roster. Went and got Jameer Nelson Jr., uh, the guard from Delaware. Um, got Issa Mufasa, the uh, big man from Coastal Carolina, who averaged a double-double last season uh, for the Chanticleers. And then yesterday, news came down uh, that Trey Tennyson, the guard from Texas A&M Corpus Christi, the Islanders. Um, he is headed to TCU as well. He's originally from Mansfield and played there. And Tennyson had a really good season last year scoring the basketball. Um, the biggest thing that stands out to me, shot 40% from three. So we've talked at length the last few years about how this team desperately needed a knockdown shooter. And Chuck O'Bannon would serve that role at times, but it just it was never real consistent. And so that they would just struggle because teams, you know, especially teams that were uh, were able to match their athleticism, which in, in fairness, there's not a ton of teams that, that can the last few seasons. And that's why TCU has been successful. But teams that could match their athleticism would simply pack the paint and force them to hit shots from the outside. Um, and so Trey Tennyson brings a really good shooting stroke to the table, 40% from beyond the arc last season which is fantastic from a college player. So that's exciting. Also a good free throw shooter, 82% from the line. Um, average 15 points a game, two rebounds, one assist. Uh, he's a he's a combo guard that can take the ball and create his own shot. And uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, they made the tournament this past year, won their playing game, and then played Alabama in round one and uh, got blown out in that game. But Trey had 20 points. Um, and really only played, you know, significant minutes in the first half. So 
he has shown the ability to fill it up against power five schools. Um, and now he's going to come in and, and get, get to work here at TCU. So you look at this guard position now, I mean, Jameer Nelson, Jr., Trey Tennyson, uh, PJ Haggerty hit the portal. So he's most likely moving on somewhere else. You got guys, you know, Chuck O'Bannon, we'll see what his next step is. Still haven't heard an official decision. He's kind of weighing his options. Um, Rondell Walker is a really good defensive player. Micah Peavy kind of in that same boat. Great defender. You hope he can grow on the offensive end. Uh, but with Nelson and Tennyson, you have two guys that can handle the ball and score. And then the wild card here is Damian Ball. I was pretty convinced at the end of the year that Damian would be moving on to professional basketball. Um, haven't heard anything officially yet. So if he comes back, then that would be huge. Also waiting on a decision from Emmanuel Miller. So you had a lot of a lot of you know moving parts here. Still decisions that have to be made. But I like the talent acquisition that's been going on with CCU basketball this offseason. I think they've added some good scores. Um, they've added a presence on the inside. I feel like they could use one more big man, potentially one more guard. Um, and, and they're still working out there. You know, Primo Spears hasn't made a decision yet. The Georgetown guard who had a really good season last year. Um, TCU's in his top four. So we'll see what he does moving forward. I think Ball's decision might have something to do with it. Uh, and then I don't know exactly who they'll be looking at on a from a big man perspective. I know Avery Anderson's another player that they're interested in, the Oklahoma State guard. Um, but I feel like you, you, if you add one more backcourt player and then a big man, um, along with some of the young guys you got coming in like Jace Posey and Isaiah Manning, along with some of the players that potentially could come back, this team could be really good. So I like what Jamie Dixon's doing in the portal. Trey Tennyson from Texas A&M Corpus Christi last season, uh, 15 points a game. The season before that, 12 points a game. Played really well there for the Islanders. Uh, shot 40% from three last year, 36% the season before that. So good shooter, good score. Hopefully somebody can come in and raise the offensive ceiling for TCU. We'll wrap things up next and talk some baseball. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. So TCU baseball went on the road Tuesday evening and they get a victory over Abilene Christian. Frogs win seven to five. Um, Luke Boyers had a home run, two hits on the day, a couple RBIs, uh, which was a big deal. Um, Cole Fontenelle had two RBIs in the night as well, only had one hit, had a sack fly that scored a run. And then really, I mean, they worked a lot of walks, a lot of free passes last night, only had nine hits um, and ended up scoring seven runs, scored four. I think it was in the, the fourth inning, had a big fourth inning, take a six to one lead and then held on. Um, Braden Sloan got the start last night for the Frogs and, uh, and he was efficient, you know, four and a third, six hits, three runs, not his best start, but, Got the job done. Luis Rodriguez came in and threw two innings. I didn't remember Luis pitching in that Oklahoma State series. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was kind of weird that he was absent there. He gave up a couple of runs. I think the big story from this one is Hunter Hodges uh, went one inning, and he looked really sharp. Um, gave up one hit, an infield hit, and that runner ended up moving to third on a stolen base on the balk, but uh, got a couple strikeouts. Um, just looked good pitching and he's the transfer from UNC Wilmington that hasn't really 
pitched at all this season because of injury. So if he's back and healthy, you got Hodges, whenever it is you get Luke Savage back, I'm not sure what his timetable looks like. Garrett Wright, um, that's three really good arms. And then you got some interchangeable parts like Luis Rodriguez, who's shown some promise this year. Ben Albit, who threw an inning of scoreless baseball last night. Um, still not sure what they're going to do with Ryan Vanderhei, Cohen Fesser. There's a lot of options out of that pen, and it's really shaping up to be the strength of this team moving forward, which is a big deal. Um, and they're hitting the ball better. You know, again, last night really got it done with three passes, but a break in the action from Big 12 play. They're going to play UNC Wilmington this weekend and then on the road at West Virginia. Feels like this baseball team is finally trending in the right direction, though, and hopefully they can keep it going um, in Fort Worth this weekend when they take on UNC Wilmington. We'll be back tomorrow, and thank you for tuning in to Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your